Hello again, this is Charlie O'Shields back with another episode of Sketching Stuff. Though I paint with watercolor and draw every day, I've always looked at my sketchbook habit as fun playtime. And I'm not making paintings, I'm making drawings, or more accurately, doodles that I then color with watercolor. This has brought me so much joy over these past few years. It's a no-pressure way to simply show up and make some art each day, which would make a mother proud. Do I have dreams of doing more? Yes, of course, always, but that will all come in time. With my little hour a day of practice, it's still taken me quite a lot of time to learn and improve as I go. There are so many things that I want to sketch and paint that I don't practice a single thing over and over again very often. I'm getting better at dogs and cats, for example, slowly but surely, and I've gotten pretty darn good at sketching birds since I tend to sketch them quite a lot. And no matter what I end up putting in my sketchbook, that day, I always do it with the eyes of a child and the joy and wonder like I had when I was a kid. That's why, still today, there's nothing I enjoy more than just showing up to make something. So join me now for a collection of stories inspired by drawing and coloring. Welcome to Sketching Stuff, a collection of stories sketched from life. Sketching some fun. Once when I had posted a prompts list, it was days before anyone noticed that I accidentally put the prompt of games on twice. I guess I was really into being a kid that month. But really, can we ever have too many games? And I think that sketching should always be a ton of fun. If it's not or feels like work or hard practice, we tend to avoid it and end up not sketching on a regular basis. For my bit of fun that day, I thought about games and remembered a velvet tapestry I won in a game of bingo as a kid, which featured dogs playing poker. So I wondered what it would be like if they were cats instead. Yeah, that's literally the entire story behind this odd sketch. Well, that, and I wish I still had that velvet tapestry since prior to that I'd only ever won car wax. But the sketch was super fun to make, and heading into a weekend after a super busy week, I was ready to play some more. I'm nothing extravagant planned for this weekend, but I hope something will happen with a bit of luck. I thought about going to the zoo this weekend as I think the weather will be nice and not rainy and cold for at least one of the days, but I can't remember which now and it's also likely to change quickly as that's usually how things work with weather this time of year. I live in a row home and so I have many lovely neighbors, but many of them have cats so they don't have to go walking around outside during harsh winter months. So as I take my dog Phineas out for a walk, I see many of them walking out for the first time when it's spring again and it's like meeting old friends. There's a community garden behind our home and this is the time of year people gather for drinks and conversation. Philippe and I are introverts, but we do join them occasionally before rushing back home to go back to our own little world and recharge. I love our everyday routines. Actually, I don't care for that word, though, as it makes everything seem like it might be dull if repeated. I prefer to think of them as lovely habits instead. We have the kind we share together, and then that kind when we drift off in our own mental space and enjoy whatever it is we personally enjoy. I'll start doodling, and Philippe will start a French documentary on the history of turnips, or something engrossing like that. 
Our dog will demand attention from us at the most inopportune time, and when we pause to play with him, he'll just stare at us like we're crazy and walk away. I guess that was the game after all, though I'm still never sure if we played it correctly. And no matter how mundane our evening might seem to others, I find it thrilling each and every time. My heart fills up with joy and I'm reminded just how much I love my little family. And no matter what thing I'm sketching that day, I remember the moment when I sketched it. I think that's a side effect of always treating my sketchbook like a playground. When you have fun doing something, it becomes a memory. When you don't enjoy it, it becomes a chore and something you'd rather forget. So I continue to spend my little moment each day playing on my favorite piece of playground equipment. That very moment when I turn a fresh page, start to scribble doodle color again, and find myself sketching some fun. Proud as a peacock. There's little doubt when looking at one of these birds why we have a phrase such as proud as a peacock. Beyond the luxurious tail feathers plumped up for visual display, they have a look in their eye that just exudes a sort of quiet confidence, an almost endless sense of self-worth that seems very enviable. And when I make a little something in my sketchbook each day, there's always a moment when I'm quite proud of the page I just created. Sure, there's quite often a moment just after that when I intend to share it with the world that I question it. Well, not me, of course. My verdict is solid. This is the opinion of my inner critic. The odd voice that isn't truly a part of me, but more like a strange bystander. That heckler in a crowd that doesn't really know me at all. It's strange to have a voice inside my head that doesn't belong there, but since I know it doesn't belong there, it makes it quite easy to ignore. Instead, I listen to the voice that is meant to be there with me at all times. This is the voice of my inner child, who is my constant companion on this art journey, urging me forward happily and giving me a thumbs up because I showed up and made us both proud. This all made me think about pride a bit. That's something that can also have a negative connotation as being too prideful. But I think that when we take the time to make something, we should always be proud of the result, no matter what. To me, it's the act of showing up to create that should be the entire source of that pride. Transforming a blank sheet of paper into a little piece of art is a wonderful thing indeed. Often, sure, I'm going for a completely different look than the one that appeared that day, but I always love that I managed to make something appear in the first place. During my journey with Doodle Wash, I've heard from a lot of people who are reluctant to post what they make, and I always tell them to simply do it. Go ahead and post whatever you make every day. It's so rewarding to see people doing just that, and you know, it's always something beautiful in the end. That's the thing, no matter what we thought we wanted to make that day or how loud our inner critic is in trying to dissuade us, the end result is always something new and lovely. So that's why I happily tell people to post what they create. It's always a joy to see what people have to say about whatever I made that day. Even on those days when I had very little time and I myself wasn't overly certain of the result. The beauty is always that something resulted in my time spent, however small that time might have been. And these moments of creation are always a wonderful thing to share with others. There's nothing better than the thing you made yourself that day. 
a little notion with a bit of ink and watercolor or a poem or some words from the heart. It's a gift that we have to share with others, and I think we should always share it with pride. While I'm fully aware that my own coloring book pages won't likely find their way into a gallery at any time in the future, I'm still happy with what I made. I never hoped to be in a gallery in the first place. My only hope has always been to create. I hope that I'll make something that others will enjoy that day. Nothing more complex than that. And in this approach, I have to admit that I very often find myself feeling proud as a peacock. Spaghetti and Meatballs When I was a kid, one of my favorite dishes was spaghetti and meatballs. While spaghetti with red sauce was rather common, the special and very rare nights that my mom would make meatballs instead were a thrill. The rareness was due both to the extra work involved in creating the meatballs and the meat itself, which was more expensive and we didn't have a lot of extra cash to spare. I remember when they were large, I'd get only three, which created a sort of face on the plate with two eyes and a nose surrounded by blonde spaghetti hair. At least that's what I imagined. For some reason, it was always fun to find something smiling back at me on my plate as a kid. Whether it was a happy pancake with blueberry eyes and a strawberry smile, or a hot dog made to look like a little man with a mustard grin. Even today, I'll still get a little thrill when I see a happy plate. Though these days, it's accidental and only my imagination at work with no clever mom trying to make me laugh. When I think back to those days, I'm reminded that life is far more fun when you don't take it too seriously. And though I don't still partake in many of the dishes I had as a child, I can still look for a bit of happy on my plate like I did those many years ago. I'm excited to be heading into a weekend because Philippe told me that he's inspired as well and plans on making some lovely treats. One is carrot cake, which was always an Easter family tradition when I was growing up and I loved it. So I'm excited to see his version, which I think is going to manifest itself as cupcakes. The second is a large chocolate chicken using a mold we received from Philippe's father. His father was quite the chef and so all of the wonderful chocolate objects were created at home. This was not at all something that ever happened in my own childhood, so the entire experience seems rather magical to me. Though my father-in-law is no longer with us, he's left a legacy of wonderful things behind, including fabulous culinary traditions and even my new blue glasses that I now wear with pride. Family is the most important thing in the world, and when you marry and blend families, you get even more people to love and honor in the process. That's a pretty amazing thing. And yeah, when you marry a Parisian with a chef for a dad, you get some truly amazing food to enjoy, and I feel both lucky and thoroughly spoiled all at once. And I hope that all of you out there enjoy a lovely weekend with your family as well. I think any weekend is a cause for celebration, so enjoy every lovely moment. My family on both sides lives miles away, so my own weekend will be the usual trio of the aforementioned Parisian husband, myself, and our surly yet lovable Basenji dog, Phineas. The latter is quite sure that when we tell him chocolate is poisonous to dogs, we're just making it all up to keep the treats for ourselves. At this very moment, we're listening to a bit of French music, and though I can still only understand every other word, it's quite lovely. 
And Philippe is taking the night off from cooking, so we ordered pizza, which is definitely something I remember from childhood. However, the Philippe-approved pizza now comes from a restaurant with an award-winning chef and is delivered by Uber Eats, so things have definitely changed quite a bit. The one thing that hasn't changed, nor ever really changes, is my love of family and food. There's nothing better when you can find that perfect combination of happy, like spaghetti and meatballs. Those things we have in common. Once I had a prompt of seahorse, and so I decided to sketch two of them. I'd once read of some seahorse couples that stay together for life, and this to us humans often seems quite romantic. Indeed, for them, it's more of a smart survival mechanism as they simply get more successful at breeding the longer they are together. But I do like to anthropomorphize creatures in my mind and a touch in my sketches and imagine them becoming the characters I loved in storybooks as a kid, those fairy tale places where every animal could talk and even some sported fancy clothes. You can actually watch a child grow bored while an adult is trying to give them a teaching moment, but let an animal do the talking and everything changes. This is why Aesop's fables were so popular. When it's another form of ourselves telling us what we should do, it's just not as much fun. And when it's true love and we've just found our soulmate, it's a wonderful feeling indeed. It's like the sun is suddenly shining down only to spotlight our amazing luck. Though, yeah, we still don't really like for that wonderfully special person to actually tell us what to do all of the time. It's quite true that I never liked being told what to do as a kid. Later, I realized it was more about how things were shown to me. I loved being shown what I could do very much. I just never liked dogma and rules. This revelation changed things for me when it came to taking art classes. I looked at each bit of instruction as, well, that's a cool thing I could do next, and not as, that's exactly how I must do it at all times henceforward. This shift in thinking made me go gaga for art instruction, and I've watched way too many videos to count. The result is what you see in my posts, and yeah, it doesn't look anything like the instructors who taught me their techniques. Some ideas I discovered along the way felt like a revelation to me, not because of the specific bit of technique that was introduced as much as the approach of the artist. That thing they said that made me think, yeah, that's just like me. And then I took all of those techniques, thoughts, and styles and put them in my me blender and waited to see what came out. Of course, it was completely different look, since it was indeed my own unique style. That's been the part of this journey that's been the most fun. My sketches have improved over time, but they've never lost that bit of me that made them special in the first place. In art school, I dutifully tried to copy the paintings of the masters. That was the challenge set to me by my teachers. I learned in the process that I'm no Leonardo da Vinci. I lack the finesse and patience, yet I'm thrilled about that. And though I'm a total fan of his, I'm totally cool with just being me. Crazy, clumsy me isn't a half bad artist after all. And I know I have much more to learn and experience along the way. For me, that's the most exciting bit. If I thought I'd actually mastered something, what would be the point in showing up to do it every day? Even the masters I adore know that it's a title that means they've only managed to learn and achieve a bit more than the rest of us. 
but they are still learning each and every day as well when they sit down to sketch and paint. In the journey of life and art, we only reach milestones and nothing is ever conclusive. There's always more we could have done. And that's the very beauty of life itself. Nobody, not even masters, are capable of doing everything that's possible in life. And this gives me great comfort. So I'll just keep on sketching, enjoying the wonders that my teachers have to show me while happily celebrating those things we have in common. in a tree. For a prompt of nuts once, I decided to sketch a little squirrel enjoying one as a treat. We have a friendly squirrel who often visits us on our terrace. I'm quite sure it's likely a different squirrel each time, but it always seems like the same one. It will often come up to the window of the door and peer inside as if looking for something. This of course spurred Philippe and I to imagine an entire story for him. We named him Michael, and we assumed he must be looking for our dog, Phineas. Since we've no idea what Phineas does all day while we're at work, we assume he throws little parties for his friends and that Michael is his best friend. Once, while Michael was peering in the window, Phineas rushed over to him and pawed at the window, causing him to run away. We guessed that he was embarrassed by the affection or temporarily displeased with Michael as he still owed him money from yesterday's poker game. I've no idea what the currency for such a game would be since Michael undoubtedly prefers nuts and Phineas only prefers things made from pork. Though this could have also caused some of the irritation we witnessed, but we were sure that the two would work it out in whatever way their friendship deemed appropriate. That's just what good friends do. While I realize most people talk for their dogs, Philippe and I seem to have progressed beyond that a bit. Phineas has quite a rich and complex life that's quite easy to overlook while simply watching him snoring on the couch. When we have dinner parties, it's referred to as Phineas Cafe, not because he actually cooks anything, but because he thinks he owns the restaurant. And he will also go up to each guest and won't leave until they tell him the dinner was wonderful or at least satisfactory. Indeed, his demeanor seems to say that he owns this house and all of its inhabitants as well. When I published a book once, we imagined Phineas saying, Oh no, I'm an author now? How much can one little dog do? He takes credit for everything that happens in our lives and assumes he must be in charge of it in some way. Uh, yes, he's also in charge of a blog at doodlewash.com, and in case you haven't guessed it, he's also in charge of this podcast. In truth, I'm not sure why Michael the Squirrel would put up with such a demanding friend, but he's back each day to check in on Phineas. The fun thing about imagination is that it becomes true in some way. Life would be terribly dull were it only filled with facts. And painting things in my imagination is almost as fun as pinning them to paper or sketching them. I'm secretly thrilled that Philippe loves to play these imagining games with me. We both adore bits of history and documentaries, but a world of pure imagination is a wonderful place indeed. As I'm writing this, Philippe is actually watching a French documentary from a channel that he loves. 
Being a lifelong geek myself, it was somehow comforting when he was just now bereft that he missed two of these documentaries while we were visiting family in Paris. I missed two, he exclaimed. Which two, I asked, to which he replied, the one on cod and the one on pomegranates. I have to admit, asking only because I already knew the show tended to focus on the most mundane and everyday things. Can't you just go back and watch them, I asked, to which he said, no, they're gone now. But at least I didn't miss the latest one, so that's good. He's currently watching an entire documentary on coconuts. In these moments, I just fall in love all over again. Our little family brings me lots of joy, and though we don't actually do crazy and newsworthy things, they are still things that enrich our lives. And perhaps this little lesson is all Michael is attempting to tell us as he visits each day. Life is often at its best when it's approached with joyful simplicity, like a squirrel in a tree. Someone you can count on. This week has been a whirlwind of activity and it's only Tuesday, so I was excited to sit down for a moment and sketch a couple of elephants. As much work as I had to do today, I still took time to go to a belated birthday lunch with one of my best friends whom I adore. That may seem odd to say when I tell you that this is the first time this year that we've gotten together, but that's the thing. We have that certain connection that always reignites whenever we do manage to spend some quality time together. It's as if no months have passed at all. That, to me, is the mark of a best friend. It's not about how much time you spend with someone, but how you spend the time that you do. And it's about having that someone who always seems to spin back into your life at just the right moment. Once on my birthday, I had been missing a friend of mine in Los Angeles whom I'd lost touch with over the last couple of years. While Philippe and I were having lunch that day, she called me. It was one of the best presents I could ever hope to receive, and it felt like no time had managed to pass at all. Another best friend moment. I'll admit that I'm quiet and shy and not prone to rush to social gatherings, but I have a deep love for my friends, and I feel lucky knowing that I have people in my life that show up just when I need them most. As busy as everything seems to get lately, I'm making a more conscious effort to be present for my friends, They are my friends, after all, because they know all of my weird idiosyncrasies, and they adore me anyway. I'm not sure if it was my recent birthday, though it wasn't yet a big milestone, but I've been thinking a lot about this lately. I used to think my father was practically antisocial at the end of his life, as he didn't seem to have many friends at all. But when he would talk about the friends he did have, he lit up, and I could feel all of the emotion there. Friends are the glue that holds our life together. And I feel so lucky to have met people all over the world creating many new friendships. Sure, we can't go out and have a coffee or even better dessert, which breaks my heart really, but so many of you have helped me through my art journey that I couldn't even make a full list. I feel incredibly lucky to have so many friends in the world, and who knows, one day maybe we'll finally meet in person. That would be amazing. A meeting of the Doodle Wash community would be so much fun, and mostly because all of you would be so excited to see each other. My heart is at its happiest just watching the connections that have been created on Doodle Wash. 
Thanks for playing along with all of the crazy ideas from this shy guy. It's been so fun to play and do new things with all of you. So yes, I've gotten so many things going at once that I sometimes get a bit lost in everything. My hobby and passion project is so passion-led that I don't really have a roadmap of what happens next. But that's equally exciting, isn't it? Or is that just a crazy guy trying to justify his lack of ability to plan things properly? But you see, I don't have a plan, just a passion. I have things I certainly want to try and do, but they aren't goals. They're just lovely dreams. I've made a lot of my dreams come true so far on this art journey, and I hope many more will follow. I also hope that everyone out there is making some of their lovely dreams come true as well in this very moment. I'm not entirely sure of the point I intend to make, except to say that life is always better with good friends and dreams. And a huge hug to you, my friend, if you've once again made it to the end of one of my rambles. It's the best feeling in the world when you find you have someone you can count on. Thanks so much for listening to the Sketching Stuff podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and new episodes will be added bi-weekly. Visit me at sketchingstuff.com to share your comments and stories. Bye.